I want to cover three key areas when it comes to psychology mastery that we can consider and think about that we covered kind of in, in passing, but it's something to think about consistently. It's They're good frames to have for ourselves to understand what will keep us successful long-term and what is sustainable in this process. So like I, I mentioned in the group coaching session that we did last week is your psychology has to do with your thoughts, your emotions, and your behavior. All three of them influence each other in every which way. So your thoughts influence your emotions, your emotions influence your behavior, your thoughts and emotions can uh, influence your behavior or create your behavior. Your behavior can reinforce your thoughts and emotions. So rem uh, remember that as we move through this. And it makes a big difference how you operate, especially in the economy that we are in, generally in the business sense, but also in the real estate world as well. Pretty much every business is affected one way or another, some positively, some negatively, but everybody's feeling the effects of what's happening in the economy. So what do you need there? Well, one of the first things I think we need is this. And that's what we're working towards in this program as well as growth mindset. And a lot of times people use growth mindset when it comes to their psychology, but they might not realize what, what it is. And uh, so let me explain the opposite of it so you understand the growth mindset better. The opposite of growth mindset is fixed mindset, which means that there are few things in your control to change. That means that you're kind of born into your DNA, you're born into your uh, your thoughts, you're born into your emotions, you're born into your abilities, you're born into your personality trait. And this is a key one, personality trait, because this is the one that a lot of people fall, they fall prey to themselves. Uh, but what ends up happening, and this is not conscious a lot of times, we just say things uh, randomly. Uh, we just say things like, oh, I'm introverted. Uh, and because of that, I do this. Oh, I am. I grew up in this in this culture. Because of that, I operate like this. So there's there are formulas I have that shows up in our common language, but it affects our actions. It affects what we believe about ourselves. Oh, I only did this kind of education, so I can only do this. Or I'm a middle child and I'm like this. Or I'm the oldest child. I'm like this. So there are like these fixed things that you're connected to that in your thinking that determines what the outcome is now keep in mind the caveat is of course these things all these things have an influence on us our personality has an influence as our background our family our environment everything has an influence on us but the idea with the growth mindset is that we can actually overcome that if you want if we wanted to and why do we want to because a goal or a dream or a vision is big enough and important enough for us to change so as long as, and this is why we work through a lot of the vision stuff that we do in the 10X year 2024 program that we're working on. We're working on our vision. We're working on our strategy. We're working to communicate our vision and work, focusing on the needle moving actions because that solidifies why this is so important to us. It communicates to our mind that we want to do this thing. So what the growth mindset teaches us is that, hey, Nothing that I've gone through, even though they might have an influence, my DNA might have an influence on me, but can I overcome that? Can I develop certain things that will help me move through that? Now we're learning that from uh, uh, behavioral epigenetics, that we can actually change uh, how gene expression comes into our life, even with our DNA. Genes can be uh, programmed a certain way, but when they express themselves are very, very different. So for example, out of 100 people that uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton talks about it who have the gene for cancer, 
how why is it that some of them actually get cancer some of them don't the one from the ones that do get it why is it some that recover others don't and a lot of that has to do with gene expression and i want to connect that to the growth mindset that a lot of those people that go through it one of the things that they need to believe is that they're going to heal and they create habits around them, such as social support and behaviors and habits and thoughts and beliefs that help them to heal. So even in an extreme situation like that, you can get out of it. So networking is such an, a crucial part of business in general to get to know people, whether those are brokers, investors, other business owners, collaborators, people that, and especially in the multifamily world, you need to, by the very nature of it, build a team. I met a real estate investor last week. He's like, it's it's really difficult for me to meet people because I'm an introvert. Um, and that person's mind, and to, kudos to that person that they were actually trying to meet people. So they're already in a growth mindset, but they still had a formula in their head that, oh, because of this, I it's hard for me. It might not be the case. In fact, I actually had to say this. It was in this book, Daniel Pink, which which highlights that to sell as human, that some of the best people in sales are actually introverts. They're not even extroverts. Why is that? And he even coins a couple other personality traits. And what he talks about is that most people fall into, they, they don't fall into the extreme of introversion or extroversion. So for example, if I did a personality test, I have done multiple ones, I will fall into about 60% introverted, which means that there's a big part of me that's not introverted. So am I activating that part? And that's what growth mindset is, that you're open, that there are different aspects of you that can that you can develop. Same thing with our strategic goal setting as we've been talking about it. Part of your planning can be you can develop skill sets, the skill set to communicate, the skill set to be assertive, the skill set to build teams around you. Leadership is a skill set. It can be a partly trade, but it can, in a big way, it can be skill sets, a combination of skill sets and wants. So is that part of your plan set? So growth mindset means that you're actually, you can develop certain parts of yourself, your character. Nothing is set in stone. Nothing is static. Now, of course, there's certain things like your height might be static. So what? Can you overcome that in certain things that you're doing? And they, for example, basketball players that haven't been really tall, uh, tall yet, They've been able to overcome that because their goal was important enough for them. Their vision was important enough for them. So that naturally takes us to the next piece of this, which is emotional resilience. So if growth mindset has to do with thinking and feeling, your emotional resilience has a lot to do with action. And a lot of people think that emotions, uh, emotional resilience have to do with, oh, uh, feeling your emotions. That's just processing your emotions. But resilience... Uh, which I attach emotional to it because resilience can be in a lot of areas. But think about the current economy. There are a lot of people who are investing or who are jumping into business. They know that there is a risk associated with it. They know that when they're going through a deal, there are struggles associated with it. So what do they need to do to get through an economy like this? The, the world of business is different now than it was a few years ago. So how are people now navigating it versus before? And what do you need to go through this? Well, more than likely, you need emotional resilience. What does that mean? That means that can you see adversity and can you get back up quickly? Uh, so in a given period of time, if you felt failures, if you felt struggles, if, if you were knocked down by certain things, if you lost investments or something happened, 
how do you recover from that? Part of it is processing. A big part of it is, can you still take action with courage regardless of that? Can you recover quickly? If you were mistreated by somebody, if you had a partner that didn't feel aligned with you, if you had a partner that uh, didn't disclose something pro uh, openly and that affected that deal or the business, if you went through a deal that was sour, it didn't work out, if you have been struggling at this for mo months and not finding the right deal, how do you deal with that? How do you move forward through that? If you're trying to transition from your job to the real estate investing world, when you're trying to build new habits of thinking about this, when you're trying to approach better ways of approaching it, taking different actions, your ability to adapt to the new situation requires emotional resilience because it requires you to do certain things despite that emotion. A lot of successful people, you will hear that is like, it doesn't matter to me how I feel. I'll still do that thing. And then a lot of people think that they don't care about their emotions, but what they will, in the same breath, they will also say something else. They'll be like, I face my emotions. I face the challenging parts of my life. I will go talk to that team member. I will face that challenge. I will go face this thing that scares the hell out of me. And that requires emotional resilience. And this is why when uh, businesses who are struggling in these times, they, they will complain, lots of things will happen, they will struggle, but then you will see at some point something hits and they will pivot. How did they pivot? Because they have the emotional resilience from the past or they have the mindset to help them be resilient in the face of adversity. By the way, it's not just in business. Think about it in your personal life. If you're in a relationship with a life partner, with a wife, with a husband, and you're working through that, it requires a lot of emotional resilience, especially as you're getting to know each other. Even those who've been together for a long time, it requires a lot to get to know the other person. And despite the feeling of vulnerability, of lack, of not being able to understand the other person, you're continuing. What does that require? Emotional resilience. That's probably one of the most, that requires you to keep waking up in the morning and work through your life with this person one way or another. And that's difficult for a lot of people. One of two areas that are really difficult to manage, one is business, the other one is our personal relationships. What does that take? Emotional resilience. And that's something that can be cultivated. How do we cultivate it? Partly because of the growth mindset, but partly because you, you're challenging yourself to take actions and stay with something long-term sustainably. And I'll, I'll reference this book a couple of times. If you guys ha haven't picked up this book, it's actually really good. It's a relatively new book. I'm halfway done. The Psychology of Money. And Morgan Housel goes into this quite a bit, that how much of investing is an emotional process. Same thing, Mike Michalowicz in his book, Profit First, talks about it. how much of money and investing and, and accounting that we do, it's not a numbers game. It's actually an emotional game. People invest emotionally. They don't necessarily always invest with logic. People invest with their friends. People invest in boardrooms and lunch breaks and those kind of situations, not by looking at charts. That's why they need to build a huge level of trust. Again, emotions comes into it. So how do you work through those emotions? How do you process them? How do you deal with them? Can you still take action despite uh, the fact that you might feel afraid to do certain things? We call that courage, but another way to also put it is that you've developed emotional resilience. And then last one, this is very interesting. I wanted to talk about this uh, decision-making and risk management. Um, 
how does this come into your psychology? It, it, it's very interesting. So a lot of times I get on a call with somebody and it's an investor or even a business owner. It's like, what's going on? What are you doing in the multifamily space? They will say something to the effect of, you know, I'm putting a pause on the whole investing thing. I'm focusing on this other business for now, for the next year, because the market is very unstable. Now, it sounds normal to them, but if you look at real estate investing as a business model and somebody says that I'm putting a pause on my business, no business owner who is in business in their right mind would say that. Um, it's like if you ask me the next day, I'd be like, you know what? I'm putting a pause on that coaching, on those coaching the, the classes or, or on my program because the market is a little bit up, up and down. You would think that I'm crazy. It's like, what, you're giving up on your business? <laughs> well, and this is what some of the most successful businesses will tell you. Like if they've been around for a few decades, they will tell you they need to be able to run their business in any kind of market condition. In fact, in the the businesses that stand the test of time are the ones who've been able to survive in the worst market conditions, not the best market condition. And it happens to me that the last 10 years plus have been the best market conditions. And there was a business owner who said that if you didn't, he said it a little bit harshly. He's like, if you didn't make money in the last 10 years, you're a chimp. <laughs> but he's like, you're going to struggle now. Of course, that's a little bit harsh because it's hard to make money in business or it can be for people who are starting out. But the, the, the point here is when you go back to decision-making and risk management, who are we influenced by? What is that decision-making process? A lot of what we do in our group coaching here is we are asking a lot of questions. What are the beliefs that are driving those decisions? Is it based on the influence of other people around us who might not have even thought about it? They were influenced by a bunch of other people. And by the way, this is how economy works. One of the reasons why economy tanks is because of the mass fear that happens. Uh, think about the banks that completely went under because a bunch of people uh, got frantic. They reacted and they pulled their money out. It is the one in San Francisco and a couple other ones here and there. Like within a day. Because one person said something and all of a sudden created a frenzy. Now, but when you're thinking about risk management and decision making, there are a couple of things to think about. One, what is your decision making process? Do you question your own awareness? Do you question your own emotional state? What are you in? Because our emotional state affects our thinking process. Uh, and we covered this in the group coaching session that if you're if you're in survival emotions such as fear, you're more than likely not using your analytical mind as efficiently as you could. It looks like you're thinking, but you're probably repeating the same thoughts over and over and you think that you're thinking. That And what kind of questions are you asking yourself? How are you doing processing those emotions? And the other side of it is social. Human beings don't think alone. This is why masterminds, this is why businesses require multiple people in it, organizations. Who gives you feedback on your thinking process? This is where coaches, mentors, colleagues, other uh, business partners, who you can literally go to, here's what I'm thinking about this decision we're making. Can you poke holes in my decision-making? Can you help me see a completely different side to this decision-making process? If if somebody doesn't have that and they're in their own corner and trying to make decisions about their about uh, managing risk around their investments, businesses, or even their own relationships at times, even the people that they're connecting with, if they don't have a feedback process from other people, this is why we have incubators. This is why we have masterminds. 
this is why we have communities because human beings don't operate alone. In fact, one of the worst things you can do to a human being is put them in isolation. If you can isolate a human being, you have that person. You can get them to do a lot of things. This is why people who are alone and they don't have a lot of other people in their life and they're in a lower socioeconomic level, they don't have a lot of people to confide to. Companies can sell them all kinds of garbage because they can. Because who are they going to consult? Nobody. People buy all sorts of crazy shit that doesn't do anything for them. But if you have the right network of people around you, they will call you. It's like, what do you need that thing for? Why'd you buy that? Why'd you just spend a bunch of money on a car when you could have invested that into this thing? Why'd you spend a bunch of money, buy a bigger house when you could have invested that? Why'd you spend a bunch of money on this program when you could have just done this? Or, hey, I've been seeing that you're spending a whole lot of time gambling or doing something like this. It, or you are with a business partner who says, hey, you know, I've seen you in a business. I literally had to say this with one of my partners. Like, you're more experienced than me, and I've seen you this, and I, I'm pretty sure if you focused in this area, you would make twice as much as me. Why aren't you doing that? And, like, that person was surprised. Uh, I'm acknowledging that they're probably better in certain things than I am, but they're not doing it. And same thing with me. There are people who have challenged me. Why aren't you raising your prices? Why aren't you reaching out to this network of people? Why aren't you supporting this person? Why aren't you reaching out to build this relationship with this community? I, I and, and this is a big part of decision-making, risk management. Do we have the right people? Even as simple as when you're underwriting something, do you have like five other people that can give you feedback in that process? Or are you just going to do it based on your own head and kind of doubt it the whole time through? I, I just want to um, review this, that a powerful psychology that can help you develop a better quality of life and help you progress faster requires you to consider certain things. One, assess yourself consistently. Are you operating under a fixed mindset? A lot of times that's elusive. Uh, you might not even consider it. You might be putting yourself in a personality trait that doesn't help you move forward or a genetic inability or you say that, well, I can't do this thing because I have blood pressure or I have, I'm, I'm more inclined to get blood pressure, but you might not understand it fully. You might not have the emotional resilience to move forward more so than anything else, which means that you're not taking enough consistent action and processing those emotions as you're going through it while taking action. You're kind of waiting for those emotions to go away, such as fear, and you're waiting for that to happen or trying to work through it by reading or processing instead of just understanding that you have the ability to take action and recover while you're processing it. And that builds resilience. And that resilience is probably one of the biggest thing. And we call it that courage that this is why a lot of entrepreneurs will say in business, you need more intel more courage than you need intelligence. And then finally, your decision-making and risk management process. What's your process? What are your beliefs? What's your questioning process for yourself? How do you make decisions? How do you manage risk? Well, if you don't have a process for that, you probably make reactionary decisions. And on top of that, if you don't have an environment, a support system that can give you feedback and encourage you, support you, whether it's mentors, coaches, or a community, then you're probably flying blind.
And you think that just because you're thinking something, you can solve it. And and these are things that I'm sharing because I'm learning and I'm developing these myself as I'm moving forward. And I think it's been helpful for a lot of people that, uh, that I've worked with, with as well. 